everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of The Drive. A a, uh, a wet, win- more wintry looking, even though it's it's not, uh, you know, terribly cold. But it is, it is one of those winter days where it's just wet and chilly. And if you get cool, you're going to stay, you're going to stay chilled because of the dampness. Uh, but, but we're here to, to warm you up. I don't know about dry you out, but I mean, no, we're here um, to to help you get through the next couple of hours on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. We being Bill and Dan, Brian Matthews, who's usually with us on Mondays, was over at football practice the first day of spring football for Auburn yesterday on a beautiful day. He'll be with us here in the studio shortly. Uh, We're also going to talk, uh, let's see, it's Tuesday, so we'll have our regular visit with Barrett Salee, who was... Uh, on vacation last week. And then at 5 o'clock, we're going to uh, talk with uh, Joe Champy, And we will talk all kinds of basketball with uh, with Joe Champy at 5. So, so excited to talk with the legendary coach. And, uh, and we're going to talk about some of the uh, some of the recent headlines in women's basketball, including someone he knows very well, Sam oh. Purcell, oh, yeah, getting but the I job mean, we, at Mississippi we, State. But the real, I we mean, could, we, we could talk tourneys and oh, coaching changes and, you know, men's and women's. Yeah, I can't wait to go through the bracket with Coach Champy because I know he's got some thoughts on some of these teams and he watches a ton of college basketball and I know he's got an eye for uh, uh, who, um, who, has the, uh, who has the goods and who can make a deeper run this time of year. Yep, so uh, that's all coming up as we come to you here on the Tuesday Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls. Brian will be joining us here in studio. That is the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get two months free on super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Details at switchtowowbusiness.com. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and kiaofauburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Also, the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Something we were talking about yesterday quite a bit, Bill. I'm sure we'll get into it some more today. How far do you think this Auburn team can go in the NCAA tournament? What do you think of the draw that Auburn received from the committee on Sunday night? What do you think of Auburn's chances of at the very least getting out of the first weekend? There's a, uh, you know, this Jacksonville State game is interesting for a couple of reasons, but Auburn is a heavy favorite, understandably so. Miami-USC seems like something of a toss-up, and those are a pair of teams that 
I mean, at the very least, they've seen really good competition this year, playing in the conferences right. they play in, uh, you know, and, and knowing that what the ACC champion Duke is a two seed, uh, Arizona is one of the top teams in the draw, uh, you know, the respective champions of those conferences. I mean, it could be a, a different challenge in the second round. What, what do you think of, uh, of the, uh, I mean, I guess the, the matchups overall, but especially the early ones for Auburn, Jacksonville State, and then USC and Miami. Well, I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're obviously not a given, but no, I don't mind them at all. I think, uh, I think Auburn, if, if Auburn can, can get <clears throat> some consistency offensively, um, I think they should, uh, they should not easily, but fairly comfortably uh, advance to the, uh, to the Sweet 16. Um, I, I'll say this, and, and how many, how many, uh, uh, how many brackets can you fill out on on ESPN? Ooh, a, f- a few. It's a lot. A few, yeah. It's a lot. I'm a one I, bracket guy. I started but... doing, it and I went, "Oh, I'll do it." Yeah, it goes create another bracket. Okay, I picked Auburn to win it all on one of them. I mean, I... but I mean, there were an awful lot of opportunities. I had it. I, I mixed and matched. I, I let I let it do some uh, some some rando picks, but I, I did not confirm the ones when it when it had like. Uh, a 14 seed in the championship. I went, nope, forget that. I'm not wasting a pick on that. But I, I only, um, I think twice out of, I lost track at about 18. Uh, I think I think only twice did I not have Auburn in the Sweet Sixteen. Interesting. So I'm. Th- this well, is like I the feel old, pretty good about Auburn getting the Sweet Sixteen. It's like the old Mike and Mike, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the sheets of integrity, right? You know, the yeah. one one bracket versus a bunch of brackets. You know, I I tend to. Yeah, talk then I've my... got to go back and go pick out which one I I feel like is the most representative right. of what I really right. I, I, I hate really I hate the feeling of watching a game and knowing that like on nine of my brackets I have one team winning and nine on the other. I like to talk myself into one bracket and if if. Three of the final four get eliminated on the first weekend. Then I'm watching the tournament without worrying about well, my bracket. But I'm, I generally am a one bracket guy. And well, I, I am. I am when it when it's you know pools, yeah, real pools. You're not throwing like twenty that. different. No, 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 no. I'm not. Uh, but but you know what invariably happens is when I'm in a pool where there's something that I'm actually have a chance to win because I know in the ESPN I'm not going sixty three for sixty three. Nobody mm-hmm. ever has. So it's it's, uh, not it's with that, this not is with, the year, Bill. Come yeah, on, not with, not with that attitude, you're not, Bill. <laughs> well, sure. What do you mean? What uh, the, you miss, atti- the miss attitude? One hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Bill. The attitude has nothing to do with it. I mean, <laughs> it's numbers, and it's I'm, not a num- the, I'm a numbers guy. It's so. not the will; it's the skill. Uh, the, yeah, that, that's it. But I mean, you know, what invariably happens is in the in the brackets that I really try to take as seriously as possible. I'm watching games on day one or day two, and I start pulling for somebody, and then I realize as the game's about to finish, oh, I didn't pick them, so it breaks my bracket. <laughs> yeah. But I don't care because the games are so much fun, so, and 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 you and you can't help but but start pulling for certain tonight, teams. Right? The yeah, games, play-in yeah. games. In the first four yes, starts first tonight. Four. Indiana, Wyoming, and the uh, the two sixteen seeds that are playing tonight. Uh, yeah, you get some uh, some tournament action. Who beginning. thought Indiana is going to be in a in the first four a few years ago? Well, you got Notre, you got Notre Dame too. I, I mean, know. a team that's, that's had some success in the uh, in, in the tournament. And Rutgers, a team that was never in the NCAA tournament before last year, they took a very long and absence. shouldn't be in the tournament this year. Seventy seven. It's a low net for for an yeah. at large team. You know, probably uh, it's going to be a while before we see a team rank that low in the net get picked again in the uh, in you know from the at large i imagine maybe not maybe a team in triple digits 
will get selected uh, next year for the uh, for, for the NCAA tournament from the Atlas. Not selected. I mean, they might. You know, the only way a team in triple digits gets I, well, in is I would. Conference, I would have you know. thought seventy-seven was yeah, was too low. So I, you know, I, I don't know what the rules are uh, anymore. They just I, thought it was a cool number. Man. So seventy-seven so, so, is a cool number. Triple seven, right? The jackpot. So I, I'm. Uh, I am, you know, sort of picking. It's the head versus the heart, right? Where I, I'd love to see Auburn and UCLA make make a deep run. I think they both can, you know. And and an Auburn UCLA championship game would just be. I mean, I, I don't know what I would. Uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be. I'd, I'd struggle. I'd struggle to function that weekend. You get Auburn and UCLA through to the final four, and then and then to the uh, to the championship. There are a lot of teams that could throw a wrench into. I mean, it's it's just it's a tough it's a tough field. The number of games that have. Uh, low point spreads in the first round or, or an indication of the second round have an indication of how wide open this thing feels. And I guess now we can bring, uh, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com, who we, who we love to, uh, to talk about in these, uh, in these situations. I know he was already talking on the, on the microphone before. I was. We, we welcome Brian in, our usual Monday, uh, co-host who's, uh, who's popping in on Tuesday. Brian, what do you think of the, uh, initial draw that Auburn received in the, uh, in the tournament? The, the, the 15 seed, Jacksonville State, and then a potential matchup with Miami or USC in the first weekend? I think it's a great draw. And I think Auburn should get out of that uh, Greenville, you know, and be in Chicago. I mean, I, I, sure, USC is big and athletic and can cause some problems, but Auburn's the best team by far in that uh, four-team group. And as long as they don't just completely collapse, I think they've got a great chance to move the Sweet 16, and, and we'll see if they can get hot at the guard position. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I said. I feel like Auburn, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say easily, but I right. mean, should should comfortably move on to the uh, to the Sweet 16. So I like it, too. Um, I like the whole Midwest, the way it shapes up. I mean, there's some good teams, obviously. Yes. But I, I don't – there's no teams. There's that, nobody that I go, oh, oof, crap. Yeah. Oh, crap, there's no chance. Exactly, yeah. yeah that's exactly how I feel. Uh, Iowa, I think Iowa's in it, right? They're on the other side, right? That, yeah, that, Wisconsin. Yes, over there with Kansas yeah, on, they, the, on the upper part. They would be a tough matchup, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, Kansas, I mean, it's the same Kansas that got blown at know, home. out of their own gym. Yeah, yeah by, by Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would look at the matchups, and I think that if Auburn goes to the Final Four, having beaten, let's say, USC in the round of 32, Wisconsin in the Sweet 16, and then the winner of a uh, a game between Kansas and Iowa – in the Elite Eight, I mean that's that's a, I mean it's not an easy road, but you can see Auburn winning all of those games. Yeah. You know, I, you could also see, I mean USC was when I was I was asked a couple of days before the draw, uh, you know, to some of the teams on the seven, eight, nine, ten line that I think had the potential to give Auburn trouble, and I think USC is a team that maybe underachieved a little bit, uh, you know, and. and even in underachieving, I think they only have six or seven losses on the season. So it's still a USC team with a pretty impressive yeah. record. They've gone head-to-head with some good teams. They went to the Elite Eight last year. That's a guy with some tournament success, Andy Enfield, who knows what he's doing. Like I, I think an Auburn-USC game could be very interesting. I, I think Auburn's too. got the... I would not I would not trade rosters with mm-hmm. USC if I were Auburn, but USC does have some of the things, especially size at the guard position. Yep. One of the guards is uh, is like 6'10". Like they, USC's got a giant at, at yeah. you know one of their guard spots. And, uh, and and they've got uh, Evan Mobley's brother, who's been playing really well at forward uh, for uh, for USC. I'm sure they'd love to still have Evan Mobley, uh, who went in the uh, in you know top top three last year in the NBA draft. But but even without him, they've been pretty good. Auburn does seem like they've got a road where there isn't a team in that region where you say, I, I don't know if Auburn, you know, I don't know how Auburn navigates. It. I don't know how many teams in the field you really say that about. While at the same time, sort of acknowledging if Auburn plays poorly, right. 
you know, they they have the chance to lose to. Sure. I mean, it seems they lost to Texas A and M just uh, you know a few days ago, and that's a team that could not make the tournament, a, even though they probably deserved it. A loss on Friday morning would be fairly historic, and yeah. would be. Uh, you know, I, I think that would be unfortunately. Second only, right? Well, unfortunately, it would probably it would overshadow. Didn't Andy Enfield beat Georgetown as a 15 seed? Was that Florida Gulf Coast? Were they? Yeah, a, I believe were, you're were, right. Were they a 15? Yep. The USC uh, head coach. They were a 15. And Virginia lost as a one. Virginia seed, lost as a right? one to, yeah. U- yes, to yeah. UMBC. But then they came back. Mm-hmm. To, was it the next year and won the title? Yes, is that right. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that the, uh, the the team that beat Auburn in the final four. Not was, that was Auburn needs to lose. Yeah. No. So the um, but but the. If, if Auburn were to lose... Well, I don't a, know if you could guarantee me a national championship sure, next year. Sure. Interesting. Then maybe I'd say, yeah. Okay. That's, a, that's an interesting I'll trade-off. Start. You're right, because you'd wonder, well, you know... Have, I don't know. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting possibility, Bill. So uh, the, if, if Auburn were to lose Friday morning, that would be historic, and I think, unfortunately, that, had the poten- that would have the potential of overshadowing all the great things this team yeah. did this year, because it would be, you know, the asterisk would be, but as a two-seed in the NCAA tournament, they lost as a 15. Anything beyond that... You know, I think you know, even in the round of thirty-two, that would be disappointing. Uh, but regular season Power Five conference champions fail to make the Sweet Sixteen all the time. You yeah. know, I mean that that's a yeah. that's a fairly regular occurrence, and it doesn't diminish uh, in any serious way the right. the accomplishment of winning the regular season and the greatness of that season. And then if you're on to the second weekend, you know, all bets are off, right? You get right. to the round of Sweet Sixteen. You can you see s- Wisconsin, which is a a very could be could be a very very interesting matchup. The way they play is totally different than Auburn. Maybe, but I mean, I don't know if it's a guarantee that all the three seeds make it to the right. Sweet 16, right? I mean, Auburn-Wisconsin would be a good game, and Wisconsin has, you know, like we were saying with USC, Wisconsin has uh, some of, you know, some some things that could give Auburn some matchup trouble, yeah. but Wisconsin's got a, a, a tough road to get to the Sweet 16 in their own right. It could be somebody else from that uh, from, from that pod uh, making it to uh, uh, to play Auburn, assuming Auburn makes it. It's just right. a uh, it's is is there another SEC team, Brian, that you think uh, has the whether it's the draw, you know, the matchups, or just how they're playing right now? You, you think they could uh, that they could really make some noise in this tournament? If Kentucky stays healthy, they're, I agree. They're good enough to uh, to win the national championship. I, to be I honest think with Kentucky you. Kentucky is the team that, as I went through the bracket quite a few times today. Kentucky is is the one that I can see over and over uh, having a chance to to be you know, at least to the elite eight. Yeah, I agree. I, you know LSU, I just don't see it. No, I don't Plus, either. I mean, especially you wonder just, what's in their heads. Yeah. Uh, why are they even there? Yeah. Why didn't they go ahead and Why didn't they go ahead and just take this year and say, "All right, we'll pass." That's we're taking a year of postseason and imposing it right now. I mean, I can't believe they didn't do that. I don't know. Well, they've made a lot of mistakes over the past four years of that. Arkansas is a team that I could see getting hot and getting on a little bit of run. They've got a great guard in Note. They've got a really talented big man in, uh, is it Jalen Williams? Is that right? There's some skeptic. Yeah. You know, we were talking about yesterday. That's one, of those, that's one of those games where, considering the, the seeding, it's a surprise that the line isn't larger. Arkansas is only about a five, five and a half point favorite against uh, UVM against uh, Vermont. Vermont. Okay. Also, that game's in Buffalo, which I didn't realize. So I would imagine a lot of Vermont fans are going to yeah, make the. Uh, you'd think there'd be more than than Arkansas. Yeah, fans and then possibly there. matching up with uh, UConn and right. the uh, round of the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the you know, Arkansas. Arkansas is going to play some road games if they go to the yeah. uh, if if they go to the Sweet Sixteen, right? And even, and even if they go to the Sweet Sixteen, wouldn't it be it would be Gonzaga out west? 
would be the uh, would be the next matchup after that. So you imagine, right, yeah. you know, Arkansas could have some road, to, you know, that some, yeah. some road games if they want to advance. I, I would love to see Gonzaga and Arkansas, though. I think that's that could be a really interesting matchup. Oh, there are. I mean, seeding would have to hold to get these games, but yeah. there are some potential Sweet Sixteen matchups. I was looking at that when filling out my bracket. I mean, you get a. I mean, Baylor Baylor UCLA would be awesome. Uh, Villanova Tennessee would be a, Tennessee's another team that Villanova Tennessee well would be right a now, great game. Obviously. I think Kentucky. I agree with you guys about the potential for Kentucky to make uh, you know to make a run here. Purdue would be a really good matchup for Kentucky in the Sweet Sixteen. I think Kentucky's got talent, but Purdue's been playing a pretty good basketball. I think Iowa would give uh, Kansas. Uh, a, a tough game in, in the Sweet 16 if those two teams met on the other side of Auburn's region. Yeah. If, you know, if Iowa and Kansas were to make it uh, to the Sweet 16, that would be a good one. And uh, uh, who knows? Arizona would be. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, if, if I mean, if you if you're a believer in uh, Illinois or Houston, uh, potentially Arizona. Really, I actually, no. actually, one of the upsets I'm. I, I, yeah, I think you can pencil. I mean, I think you write them in pen at the Elite Eight. I like that. Uh, Arizona. Arizona. I, I like Arizona. I like Arizona. Yeah, I think Arizona's got the got the potential to to, to do something. I actually, you know, the sort of play in Tennessee or Villanova probably. Mm-hmm. Unless the, it was an upset. Right? I watched I watched Tennessee Chattanooga play a couple of times this year, and they've got a they got somebody who was implicated in the FBI scandal. By the way, who's still like four schools in, <laughs> still playing college basketball. Had a had a couple of big shots in the uh, in the tournament. They are a slight underdog to Illinois. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if you got Chattanooga and Tennessee. Four thirteen, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you get ten, yeah. Chattanooga and Tennessee in the uh, in, in the round of uh, thirty two, and then you get what Rocky Top versus Mocky Top, yeah. right, Bill? And uh, <laughs> and they, uh, you know something we've seen in some other sports, but I think uh, yeah, don't don't. Uh, you don't. You never want to feel great about like a thirteen seed or a fourteen seed because there's a reason. Uh, no, I, I feel much to... better about the thirteens than I do the fourteens for sure. And I don't, I don't know. Th- I don't know. I don't. You didn't have a thirteen. I don't have a three seed uh, losing in the fir- in the first round. I think there's no, a couple. No, of 13s, I didn't yeah. either. I didn't have a two or the, three losing in the first. Obviously, a lot, a lot of people like South Dakota State. Isn't three fourteen the famous one where there's no five twelve. Is it five twelve? Yeah, five twelve. Oh, okay. There's usually one five twelve has become almost fifty fifty. But we've seen we've seen Although a lot. Lately, of, you're seeing more thirteens. Yeah, you're seeing four thirteens, and I mean South Dakota State is barely an underdog yep. against Providence. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are picking that one, and uh, and and Arkansas is having is going to have to play a road game against uh, against Vermont up in up in yeah. Buffalo, and I and I think Chattanooga is good enough to give Illinois a game. So yeah, four thirteens seem like they're they're the uh, the I matchups like maybe, where there's. I, I think I leaned more toward the thirteens than I did twelves this year. I think so too. Do you did you take UAB? Uh yes, I did. I think UAB's got a, you know, they're they're playing good basketball of late too. That's a mm-hmm. uh, you know, Houston's Houston's a team that some folks are higher on than than others, but I think UAB could uh yeah, UAB could make a little bit of noise. 334-321-1390 Bill Dan Brian Matthews MauburnSports.com. Uh Brian yesterday was over in beautiful weather yes. watching Auburn's first day of spring football. Well, watching about a half an hour or so of it. We'll get his thoughts on that and more. We'd love for you to join in as we continue here on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, MarburnSports.com. When are you heading up, Brian? Uh, we are going tomorrow around noonish. Oh, okay. 
there's a pra- an open practice and interviews tomorrow around lunchtime. Yeah, there's I mean, inter- Thursday. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. there's well, there are interviews interviews tomorrow with the coordinators. Yeah, well, I was talking about basketball. Oh, okay. There, basketball. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say. Yeah. Got so I figured. So I Me and JG are going to basketball, and Christian and Brian will handle football. Oh, okay. And, okay, I didn't know if you'd go over and talk. Of course, these are a couple of guys that we've actually seen. Yes. Schmetting and Kiesel. Yes. And next week, we get an opportunity to uh, spend some time with a lot of the assistants. Uh, speaking of football, yesterday, first day of spring football practice, uh, you were out there. I didn't get a chance to go to the um, viewing window yesterday. Just uh, what did you see? Anything? Anything of note? Nothing blew me away. I would say the things that stood out for a first spring practice is it was well organized and uh, very fast paced. I thought, you know, you didn't have a bunch of people running around. It didn't seem like they knew what they were doing. Everybody was, mm-hmm. um, you know, going. And what we mostly saw when we were out there were special teams drills and some stuff with the linemen too. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of action to report on. We did talk to Brian Harson afterwards, and he mentioned. Um, he mentioned, he he brought up quite yeah. a few names. Mentioned Caleb Wooden had a um, good um, first. I guess he did some team stuff. Has first imp- score, very good first impression, right? And interception. So I mean, Auburn needs another safety to step in and be a starter. Oh, yeah. You got him. You got um, is it Maurice? Is it Gilbert? Marquise? Marquise, yeah, Marquise Gilbert. Gilbert. Yes, uh, another one, another newcomer there. Mentioned Shed Jackson and mm-hmm. Javaris Johnson and. Tavares Dawson, right. that receiver, uh, but really harped on Shed and the um, leadership he's bringing to that group. And his, this is not the first time he said this, but he's mentioned that the um, that the receiver room has got m- much better culture, so to speak. He feels like now, so uh, I think that's that's really important to him. Let's see, he mentioned uh, some other guys on defense: Derek Hall, stood out, Eku Leota. Auburn's two edge guys, mm-hmm. uh, Cam Riley, who's up to two thirty. Is it two thirty five? Yeah, two two thirty. I 230 think. But that's still. I mean, he was yeah. barely two hundred when he came in. And then he mentioned uh, Jeremiah Wright, who is um, you know working with the offensive Offense. line full time, and that is. I, I've talked about the offensive line and, and my sort of um, hesitancy to really to have high expectations for him. But you know, Jeremiah Wright is a guy that could step in as a new starter, possibly at guard. And possibly be a guy that can get some push at the line of scrimmage, and, and maybe Auburn can run behind him on third and two, and maybe get some positive yards. We'll see. And then I think the last guy I mentioned was Nehemiah Pritchett. Had a really, really good day at cornerback. I think him and Jalen are uh, give Auburn two really good, talented, experienced guys there. The place yeah. where I'm most interested to see improvement uh, on the team, especially from the end of the season last year, is in the passing offense. Is it's between the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. I know there's a lot of quarterbacks. There's, you know, it's going to take a long time for this to sort of uh, materialize into uh, something resembling a depth chart. Uh, but what's your sense of where things stand right now? Well, he was asked about it, Coach Harson, and his plan was to give those guys close to equal reps. He can't give them equal reps every game, every practice, but he said if, if a couple of guys get more reps one practice, the other guys will get more the next practice. Through the first seven or right. so, he said. Until yeah. they get into uh, the first really big scrimmage. And then those, he's really going to evaluate, take a look at it. And then some guys may start separating themselves and getting more reps and getting more um, opportunities. So uh, he didn't go out, come out and say it, but I think it sort of um, dovetails with what we have been told also that they're looking to get it down to two, maybe three by the end of the spring, but most likely two. How limited is Calzada? Uh, he has a special jersey on, but yeah, he was you know, wearing the the yellow yeah, jersey. But it's his non-throwing shoulders. Who, uh, as far as I could tell, I didn't see him sitting out of anything. Did you? 
Well, no, I wasn't oh, there, but right, I right. but yeah. I've watched everybody's yeah, videos yeah, yeah. and things like that, and and he didn't look like he was limited for what everybody was doing yep. yesterday in shorts. Yep. So he was tossing around, handing the ball off, doing everything the uh, the other quarterbacks were doing. As far as the quarterback rotation that first day, it was T.J. Finley first. D, I think was yeah, that. and then um, and that makes sense. Those are the right. two guys that have been in the program, for, you know, at Auburn for the and last. I think year. Calzada was. Calzada was Calzada came after yeah. all the healthy guys. Yeah, I yeah, think. I think that's exactly what it was. Yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was wondering when I asked. I knew he wouldn't give that much of an answer, but yeah. I just wondered if he would say, "Yeah, you know, we're going to try to get it to three, which is workable, or something like that." Uh, he, he he mentioned the two walk-ons as well. So I yeah. I wanted to go. Well, that means you you got more quarterbacks than you do receivers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I, I said this to you when you came in. I mean, and we'll see, but that was a a more comfortable, relaxed, yeah. and very sincere seeming Brian Harson last night. I mean, I I'd buy what he was selling last night. He is very good in person, very and he, relaxed, and he was asked probably five or six questions about what happened in February, right? And he never got uh, defensive. Never showed you know any negative feelings toward it. He just talked about it, uh, and he does a great job. Very personable, um, interact with uh, with us on that and guy, off the camera. Right, that, that guy could yeah. be could be a great recruiter. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. From from, it's just a matter of prioritizing it and understanding that you know if you're going to beat Alabama or Georgia or LSU or Clemson for these top guys. It's got to be head coach against head coach. You've got to be the guy out there doing it. And that wasn't the way it was at Boise, and that's not the way it is at a lot of places, but that's how it is here. And uh, I think, he, like, like you said, Bill, I think he's very capable of doing it. Just got to have that mindset to do it. Yep. Uh, we're coming up on our bottom of the hour break. Barrett Salee should be back from vacation. We'll check in with Barrett, get his thoughts on, uh, well, man, everything going on. Uh, that coming up here. Uh, then again, don't forget Joe Champy will be uh, joining us in hour number two. We'll, uh, we'll talk a lot of hoops with Joe. Men's, women's, uh, coaching changes, the tourney, and a lot more. So uh, stick with us. Again, we're just a quarter of the way in uh, as we continue here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews here in the WOW Business Studio. Again, uh, I guess my, my clock must be a half minute fast. Eight. Hey, I was listening on the way into the brand new edition. Yeah, how about this? To the Auburn Networks family, and that's Tiger Country 1045. Classic country. What'd you I hear? Heard, What'd you hear, Bill? I heard just it just while I was pulling in, uh, driving in, heard Merle, George mm. Strait, and the Judds. Wow, okay. I mean, that is classic. Just get a little country. Garth Brooks in there, maybe. Oh, I, and I some would imagine. Jackson yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, well, I didn't get a chance to listen, yeah. but for 15 Maybe minutes. on your way home. I, I probably will check it out. I like Clint Black. There you go. Oh, yes. Randy Travis can work yeah. in there. Yeah, no, we're, the lights we're, are on. That's right. No, we're, Nobody's we're, home. Right. No, we're... Uh, I, I, so, All so, my exes so, live in Texas. <laughs> Tiger Country 104.5. Give it a listen. You're going to like it. We'll be right back. Barrett Salee joins us on the other side here on the Tuesday Drive. Turn up some more yardage on the drive. The drive.
Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews, MarburnSports.com is here in the studio. Uh, going to be heading to Greenville, South Carolina tomorrow. Usually on with us on Mondays, but uh, yesterday he was over at the first day of spring football practice. So Brian's in, and hey, it's an all-star show because now we're going to go to the we're going to go to the phones. And a guy who's probably, I mean, he's, he's got some mixed feelings, but can't be brokenhearted that, it, that if his Braves aren't going to be able to keep Freddie Freeman, have Matt Olson locked down for the next eight years. Barrett, how you doing, man? Uh, it's been, a, been an emotional 24 hours, Bill. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's been I'm an sure. emotional 24 hours. Uh, but I'm good. I'm good. I, you guys get graced by Brian Matthews' presence. That's, What's up? That's a big deal. Oh, yeah. That's a very big deal. <laughs> You're a bigger deal, um, but thank you. <laughs> is, uh, no, I mean, uh, Matt Olson getting eight years, uh, that is – think about this. They have the t- two of the top ten OPS plus players locked in through essentially the end of the decade. Wow. That's, that's terrifying. I mean, I'm – I'm so happy that they they found a way to get that done. I mean, look, best to Freddie. He deserves it. He he deserves anything that comes his way. Uh, he's a great player. He'll be remembered fondly. But I mean, it's part of the business. And man, Alex Anthopoulos is like a ninja. He just works behind the scenes, doesn't let anybody know what he's doing, and then he pounces. Yeah, because uh, I mean, remarkable. the word the word um, just before the Braves made the move was that the Dodgers and Yankees. We're, uh, we're, we're really working hard with the A's to try to make that deal. Yeah, and um, for, for it to happen so quickly, I mean, you wouldn't think there'd be some tampering going on, would you? Maybe some contract terms discussed before the trade uh, got done. But, yeah, I mean, that's just – look, I think that's that's how Alex operates. He's got three guys now, Ozzy, Acuna, and, and, uh, and, and Olsen – Signed long term to extremely club friendly deals. Oh yes, I think that speaks a lot about you know the the clubhouse and the organization and how they treat their players and and how you know how desirable it is to, to be here. Yeah, I think it's it's more surprising with Olson than the other two deals that he signed because Olson was only two years away from free agency and he could have he could have explored the open market and with the season he just had, you know, if he has two more seasons in Atlanta, there was I think reason to believe he would have been in line for a much larger contract than the one he just signed. Not that one hundred and seventy million dollars. No, no, one hundred and sixty-eight. It's the largest, con- it's a largest <laughs> contract in Braves history, so it's nothing to sneeze at. But at the same time, yeah, absolutely credit to Alex because I mean if 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 Matt Olson had wanted to press the issue and explore free agency, there's a chance that maybe he would have left and gotten a much larger or, or gotten a much larger contract from Atlanta. But instead, you know, they're they're taking the uh, you know the, the the safer route. I think both sides. Oh, absolutely. Well, but but I'll I'll say this: it's the same it's the same thing Acuna and Ozzy did. Too. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, I uh, I have I have somewhat of an uh, uh, an, an odd little uh, connection to this. My my daughter in law, 
served as the videographer for Matt Olson's wedding this past really? off season. Yeah. So uh, uh, I, I will say they're very happy in the Atlanta area, and that's where the better half wants to stay. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a great situation for all the parties involved. Yeah, well, and and they apparently bought a house. You know, they they already live here. Um, mm-hmm, obviously, right. they have a place in Oakland too, but they bought a house in August and 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 expected to to be here quite a bit and and now they get to live there permanently and um you know and, and for matt being a uh, being a part of you guy um you know it's i, I know that i mean I, I played baseball in in metro atlanta so i, I know how it is like it, you are really one big fraternity there are kids who i played summer ball with or people who i knew of that were on different teams that you know well that, this was in the late 90s we still have relationships we still you know drum up relationships. So, I mean, that, that is a big deal. Guys like Dansby, I know Dansby and, and Olsen were supposed to be roommates at Vandy, but I mean, you, there is sort of a fraternity there. And it seems like the Braves yeah, have some pieces that, that could be on the team for many years to come. Still some uh, free agents from last year's World Series team that are still waiting to make a decision about where they're going to go. Do you have strong feelings about Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, uh, uh, Jacques Peterson? Uh, I mean, the, the different uh, pieces that are that are still out there that could potentially come back to Atlanta. Yeah, so I think uh, talking to some folks around that organization, um, the goal now is is for a lefty outfielder. Um, so that would eliminate Solaire. Mm-hmm. I would much rather have Solaire than either of those two other guys. No kidding. But um, he's going to command quite a bit. Um, I, Rosario, he had a great postseason. I, something about it just made me feel like maybe flash in the pan and somebody's going to overpay for him. And I don't think Jock is asking for an awful lot. So I would, I, I would have Jock be, uh, if I'm not going to get so later, if it's going to be down to Jock or Rosario, I'd take Jock. He'd be cheaper and I think he'd be more consistent. Um, and I love the clubhouse presence. Um, but I would rather have so, I, of all those three, I'd take so later in a heartbeat. That dude, I mean, <laughs> he is, he is unreal. Um, and, but I do think it, it honestly is coming down to those guys. They want one of those three. Because of, of last year, because they're familiar, they know how those guys fit in, and and if you're going to lose Freddie, you got to have some semblance of of continuity, and, and those guys provide it. If uh, if someone pays Eddie Rosario based on what he did in the postseason and expects that for an entire season, then he probably will be well. He probably will be overpaid in that situation, but. I would I would take a little bit of exception to flash in the pan because Eddie Rosario had some very good seasons True. as a twin and I mean once he got healthy he was good down the stretch and great in the postseason I you know if I were a Braves fan I'd love to see Eddie Rosario especially with a DH in the National League I'd love to see Eddie Rosario on the uh, on the Atlanta Braves in 2022. Well, and here's the thing though, Dan, like I'm I'm fine with it if it happens, but there's going to be some team, especially since things are getting so you know hot and heavy and you know things are moving quickly. There's going to be a team now that overpays for him because yep. because of the postseason. And look, if you get hey the Cubs, of that, Cubs are looking for outfield. I mean, there are plenty of teams that are yeah. that are still looking for a third outfielder right now. And and that's why and that's why he hasn't signed because he understands now that desperation is going to earn him a lot mm-hmm. of money because they're going to look at that postseason and they're going to look at the calendar and be like, oh crap, we got to we got we got to do this now. Um, 
And and so that's why I think he hasn't signed, which is fine. Good for him. But And if he ends up with the Braves, okay, good. That's fine. All three of those guys would be perfect. So I I, uh, I think folks listening realize that uh, that pretty much everybody here in the room is not brokenhearted. Baseball's back, but uh, but there's some other things going on too. I mean, we've got the uh, the first four getting uh, getting underway. As a matter of fact, uh, right now. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> is it right now? Oh, it is right now. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, look the I, I, the first four. I don't know about you guys. Uh, the first four should be exclusively for 16 seeds. I know they try to do yep, something with the I agree. And it's a Wyoming game is today, but like, it, 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 it just make it for the 16 teams, uh, seeds. I, I know that you don't want to punish the automatic qualifiers and you, you want to make the at largest work, but I mean, that's not, I mean, that's it's ridiculous to have, to have these games beats for 12 seeds. I mean, VCU went there from the first four. I mean, I just, I wish they would do something about it. So I'm, but again, I like, I like the fact that we're getting games though. Barrett, I, th- I think now that I've been exposed to more mid-major basketball in these last couple of years, I don't like the play-in games at all. I'd like the field to be 64 and just give every team that select, give every team that makes to the NCAA tournament an actual NCAA tournament game. And if that, you know, if that means the 65th best team or the 66th best team doesn't make the NCAA tournament, yeah, I can, then, yeah. I can live with that. Like I, I'd like to just see, well, you know, I'm, without, I'm right with you. yeah, without, you know, no disrespect to the city of Dayton. And the outstanding work they do, you know, on on the Tuesday and Wednesday before the NCAA tournament, I yeah, I'd like to just see the I'd like I'd like to see the field uh, reduced to sixty four. I'm with you, and you know, realignment happened, and obviously, you know, they felt like they had to reward more conferences with that, with uh, with automatic bids. But I'm with you, like it to me, the tournament doesn't really start till Thursday. I know they try to, and, and they did right. brand this as round one. Yeah, for a while, forget and that. Yeah. And, and I and I hate it for a team that wins their conference tournaments. One bid league wins their conference tournament. They're a 16 seed, you'd think, but instead they got to win one more game to make it to the actual NCAA tournament. And I know they hate when we talk about the playing games and the actual NCAA tournament and terminology like that. I'm with you. The, the NCAA tournament doesn't really start till Thursday, and the teams that got. Uh, the, the teams that aren't gonna, the, the teams that should be in the field and aren't gonna make it to Thursday, uh, got a little bit shortchanged. They did, they did. I mean, it's an experience you'll never forget. And yeah, like you said, nothing against Dayton. And and really, I mean, look, some of these these cities that host, you know, first first two round games are not the most desirable places in the world. That's fine. you know that's fine. But you get a week of buzz. You know, if you're if you're a a, a player on you know one of these teams that the that's in the playing game. Likely, you 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 have two days to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get the buzz on campus for you know for four or five days, and that's uh, that's part of the experience if if you're one of these players. Talking with Barrett Salee of uh, CBSSports.com, Sirius XM. Barrett, are there? I mean, one of the one of the fun things to look at is the long shots who can go deep, or the the big names who are out quickly. You got any any teams that come to mind? Yeah, uh, I I am all aboard Virginia Tech. I, I don't really know why, other than the fact that they've won like what sixteen of the last eighteen. Um, I don't know much about them at all, to be honest with you. But uh, you know, I'll ride a hot team right now, and mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's one that I think I have them in the Sweet Sixteen or maybe even the Elite Eight. 
Um, that would remind I mean, that's me riding them if you got them in well, the elite. Well, that, yeah. that, that would be reminiscent yeah. of that would be reminiscent of Oregon State last year, a team that wasn't expected yeah. to make the NCAA tournament, won their conference tournament, and then rode that momentum all the way to the elite eight with with veteran guards and you know just sort of the stars aligning. I, I you know I I don't know if I have Virginia Tech going that far, uh, but uh, but there uh, yeah there's there's things to like about that team and the way they're playing uh, right now and the way they handled uh, Duke. We were talking about some of the 13 seeds, Barrett, uh, that, that folks uh, believe could could spring an upset. Vermont has Arkansas up in Buffalo. Uh, a lot of folks think Sand, uh, South Dakota State uh, could, uh, could, give a, uh, could, could give a lot of trouble to Providence. I've seen uh, the Chattanooga Mocs play a couple of times this year, and I think they could really give Illinois a good game. You got any strong feelings about those? I got South Dakota State uh, over Providence. I think is my one third. No, I have. Yeah, that's my one thirteen four. I'm trying to pull my bracket up now. Um, that's my one thirteen over four. Providence just to me uh, not. Uh, you look. I don't look. I haven't watched much Providence, but you look at some of the numbers, and it's like, uh, why? Well, other than being, you know, a, a, an automatic. Why? Why is this happening? Um, and and I think another one. I, I know St. Mary's beat Gonzaga. Right, mm-hmm. right. I I just can't buy into St. Mary's being anything other than that team that plays Gonzaga like sixty times a year because it <laughs> seems like they play every single day, every single game. Uh, so I think what the Wyoming Indiana winner tonight will get St. Mary's. Uh, wow, on, I guess that's Thursday. <clears throat> and Texas A and M should be in that game tonight. By the way, yeah, we're, all, we're all in, we're all yes, in agreement yes, there. Yes, they should. Yes, they should. That they got absolutely hosed. I mean, it, and it's you know the, the the idea that the tournaments don't matter, like, I, I, look, I, I get it. Like, you want to go up for a full body of work, but in this day and age of college hoops with one-and-dones and all this other stuff, like, you could go two months without knowing the identity of your team and then suddenly have it click and be really, really good. And that's what happened in Texas a and Yeah, they didn't just get hot for the tournament either. I mean, they were, they were hot down the stretch. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah, that, that's that one of the it, we 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 complained about that for a good portion of the show yesterday. I mean, that's just something and where why is Michigan in? Yeah, yeah. No, that that's what I mean. Eighteen because and, their 18, name is Michigan. Eighteen and fifteen, and and yeah, I don't know. It seems like well, I, I think with some of these teams too, we as you know people who want to see like the teams playing the best basketball in the tournament tend to weigh the last 10 or 15 games more heavily than the committee does. Michigan was a tournament team for much of the year and really sort of, you know, seemingly squandered it, but somehow made it in any way. A&M looked like they played their way out with that eight-game losing streak last month. They've looked like a tournament team for, for most of the time since then. But no, some some puzzling decisions. And then there's Rutgers, who got him with a, a 77 net, uh, even though you know I thought the net <laughs> ranking was supposed to be like one of, one of the be-all and end-alls of, uh, of, of what the committee uses to uh, to let teams know where they stand. I mean that that's a that's a very low. They're behind Vanderbilt in net ranking, and they're in the tournament as an at large. It, it's bizarre. I mean, well, and I look, the Big Ten's good. I get it. Like that's fine, but it ain't that good. <laughs> I mean, Michigan collapsed down the. And that's a, that's one of those things. Like, are, okay, are we punching tickets in mid February now? Like, if you've done enough through mid February, you're like you're good. Whatever. Take the rest of the year off. Wait for the tournament. Like I, I don't understand the the thinking behind that. Nah, that's exactly that's exactly what it looks like, uh, Barrett. Hey, man, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, let everybody know what you've got coming up, where they can access it. 
I actually have the Auburn football preview for the spring up today. Nice. Oh, okay. So uh, talk about synergy. Good timing. Florida up yesterday, and then uh, my, my colleague Dennis Dodd has a story on Herm Edward tomorrow, I think. <laughs> I tell you what, though, since we are so college basketball-centric at CBS because we have the tournament, mm-hmm. it's a good time to be a college football writer because everybody else is occupied during the latter part of the week. So it's golfing time. That. Nice. Enjoy, hey, enjoy, no enjoy kidding. your, uh, enjoy the back nine, Barrett. Hey, hey you know and what? the 19th hole. Sunrise, come back home, and the tournament tipping off. It's uh, it's not a bad time to be a college football writer at PBS. Uh, it sounds like it, Barrett. Appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks again. Have a great, have a great rest of the week. <laughs> See y'all. Thanks. All right, Barrett. Barrett's the lead joining us as he does every Tuesday here on the drive. Yeah, we appreciate him uh, joining in. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. You can join us, 334-321-1390 on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of our number one of the drive here on this Tuesday. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, basketball starts in an hour. It's at 540 Central. Kay Golazo. Who's, uh, who's playing, Brian? What do you want? It's Champions League. Atletico Madrid just took a 2-1 aggregate lead over Manchester United, and it's in the final minute. Those are superpowers, Bill. That's yep. like uh, that's like Ohio State going up against... Uh, uh, the Texas in college football. That's what. That's the the, the soccer equivalent mm-hmm. of something like that. So we got the March Madness, so the the the, the March Mayhem contest going on here. Basketball yeah, we're talking mayhem. about brackets. Uh, so you want to have some fun, not just uh, filling out a bracket, but uh, if you think you know what you're talking about, how about how about winning something for it? Oh, you want to go doctor, prove how good you are, Doctor Evil with it? You want to win? Uh, you want <laughs> no, to win? I'm not going to do a that. million dollars. That's right. <laughs> That's what you can win with our March Mayhem contest. You also have the chance to win a 55-inch smart TV just by filling out your bracket and winning uh, our arch, uh, our pick'em. But That's uh, right. the if, best, the best locally is going to win. At least That's right. You still. I'll just read. I'll just read it verbatim. All right. Uh, want to okay, win a million dollars? Okay. Want to win a million dollars? We'll make the perfect picks for our March Mayhem contest, and you can have a chance to win just that. Plus, you still have a chance to win something like a 55-inch smart TV just by filling out your bracket and picking some of them correctly. Even if you don't win the million, there's a TV up for grabs, and it could be yours if you're the smartest person on our contest page or the luckiest. To register, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm true. reading the copy. To okay. register, go to aunetwork.com, wingsfm.com, newstalkwani.com, or espn1067.com. March Mayhem is brought to you by the Orthopedic Clinic, Pef- Pepsi Buffalo Rock, and the 19th hole of Auburn. Now you can editorialize about the about the basketball well, I mean, mayhem contest. I just don't want mayhem to come in this room right now. It could be some, a trouble. Yeah, so, I was going to say some. Sometimes the From, winners of the pool aren't necessarily. 
I mean, I'm not going to say they're not smart, oh. but I'm going to say sometimes. Mm. Sounds they, like they, what you're saying. No, no, no. Sometimes <laughs> they sometimes they pick based on the color of the uniform or I mean, who says how cute the coach is. Let's be or clear. Like that. Let's let's be clear. Mm. In 2019, I won the the basketball. So that it. Yeah, let's, let's be clear about this. In 2019, I won. Let the record show the ESPN 106.7 basketball pool. So uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're the smartest person, but you know you got to have a uh, you you, you, you got to get a break. Or that's two. right. You got to you got to have uh, you got to have luck on your side. And with uh, with the NCAA tournament this year, it does feel like there's. I mean, yes, there oh, could I think be. A, I think it is as wide open as I've ever seen it. We could have a Sweet 16 full of ones, twos, threes, and fours. We could also. Have or something or, we or could also hardly have something, any. Yeah, we could also have something very different than that, depending on what happens in the next couple of days. All right, we're halfway done here on the Tuesday drive. Joe Champy joins us in hour number two. We hope you will as well. So stick with us. Sports Leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. It's hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, MalvernSports.com, Drew at the controls as we come to you from the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get two months free on super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Details at SwitchToWowBusiness.com. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at OrthoClinic.com. And... Uh, we, we welcome your calls on the Kia of Auburn hotline. That's where we also welcome our guests, and we will have a guest joining us here in uh, just a few minutes. Uh, but the phone number to get you through is 334-321-1390. We'd love your thoughts on anything going on in the world of sports. There is a lot. This is a busy, busy time. So you yes, can give us a call, or you can text us as well. You can also text the show at 334-564-1840 on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. I, I'd like to know from Brian, um, any thoughts hello? on the... Hello, Brian. Any thoughts on the recent moves made by SEC programs uh, with their basketball programs? There have been several high-profile decisions made I, by SEC schools in the last couple of days. Well, we, we may not be done. Yeah, uh, I think Georgia went from being a team that doesn't make the tournament to a team that's now a 
gets a you know a middling bid to the tournament. You know, in a couple of years. I mean, I yeah, think they got a solid coach. A solid coach. That's yeah. the thing. Mike White has been uh, good, but not good enough for right. Florida. But uh, Georgia, I mean, you you should be able to keep enough talent at home to to you be know, able to contend for tournaments. Do you guys remember Mike White as a player? Yes, I do. I mean, are you surprised? I That's you know, played Ole Miss, Ole Miss okay. point guard for several yeah. years. I mean, I was I was sort of wondering if that would be a place where you know if yeah, Mike White I, I was, was looking. Thinking for, he might wind up back there too. But instead, yeah, he might, makes the jump to uh, to UGA, and you know, you get the sense that if Florida really wanted to keep Mike White, he would oh, still yeah. be the head coach of the University of Florida. And we were talking yesterday, Brian. LSU and Florida, just based on what they've done in other sports of late, right? You get the feeling, even with this. Uh, even with whatever's looming over LSU's head, you get the feeling they're both out fishing for whales right now. Like they're going to try to bring in a huge name and make a big splash with a vacancy, you know, to fill a vacancy with their men's basketball coach. I'm fascinated to see, and I feel like it maybe won't happen until the tournament's over because maybe the next coach with both schools, right? Maybe they're guys that are currently coaching in the NCAA tournament. I wonder if, uh, if either of them will be, uh, you know, if, if either of those schools will, will make a really big splash with their next coach. Well, I think Florida has that capability for sure. I just, I'm, with everything that's going on at LSU now and, and, you know, the NCAA issues they have, how many were there? Six total level one? Eight. 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 I mean, ay, 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 that's, that's, uh, that's going to be a tough sell. You but, said six and they were, it was, they, you were too low. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, who was it we were just talking about had five, though? Arizona had five and they're, and they're, look where they are now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I just don't know that you can expect the NCAA to really, you know, bring the hammer down. I can see a year postseason, some scholarship sanctions. I just don't know they're going to do much more than that. And if that's the case, that's not going to deter a coach from coming to LSU. It seems like what the NCAA really wants to do is get the coaches out, right? Like yeah. they're not trying to punish the schools long term for these for these issues. They just want to make sure the coaches that broke these rules lose their jobs and maybe have a hard time getting another job in college basketball anytime soon. Seems like that's what happened with uh, Rick Pitino, you know, Louisville wasn't really crippled by sanctions. Uh, there, there was, uh, I, I know. Have you heard? Have you heard? Yes, yeah, South Carolina. I, I mean, I've heard Pitino and and Sean Miller yeah. are being mm-hmm. talked about yeah. at South Carolina. Yeah, let's go. Wow. Bring Rick, I want Rick Pitino yeah. to get every job that comes open. I told people at Troy a couple of years ago they should have hired him. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's, I'm just, I'm jonesing for Rick Pitino back in the big leagues of college basketball. And Sean Miller, yeah, I mean, that's, it didn't didn't work out well at the end, but he did do a lot of winning before oh, getting the Arizona yep. yeah before getting the Arizona job and after <clears throat> getting the Arizona job. Even if uh, they seem to be in better shape now, um, yeah, we're going to uh, catch up with uh, former Auburn women's basketball coach, uh, Hall of Famer Joe Champy here in just a little while. But let's get a call in uh, before we get to our first break. And Matt, hey Matt, hey guys, you kind of stole my thunder with the Sean Miller comment, but. I could see him going to Florida. I don't know how y'all think about that. And I have a question about, so very similar to Ole Miss and how they handled the uh, Hugh Freeze situation. They hired a, a local guy or a guy that they knew and they were comfortable with to just get through all the uh, the penalties that they had in football. Do you think LSU is going to do something similar to that, hire someone that they're just like, all right, we'll have him while we're going through these these penalties? 
And then once we're done with that, we'll get someone that we really, really want to compete for a championship. I just don't think that's the way Scott Woodward thinks. I think Scott Woodward is a guy that wants to make as big a splash as possible. That's true. I think he will try to he'll try to bring in somebody who is a much bigger name than Will Wade was. Now we'll see, you know, see how successful he is in doing that. But uh, no, I, I don't think they're going to look for somebody to just. Uh, get them through and then hire somebody big and and Sean Miller. I just I can't see Scott Strickland hiring Sean Miller at Florida. Is that yeah. Florida eighty? Yeah, yeah. I just don't see Florida. Oh, you know, the, I don't that. Yeah, Bill and I disagree about the viability of this <laughs> candidate. I still think there's a chance that Florida looks at Anthony Grant. He's beloved down in Gainesville. He's won a lot of conference games at Dayton. I know it didn't go well at Alabama, but he won a lot at VCU to get that Alabama job. And he's won a lot of Dayton since then. And it's different with Anthony Grant at Florida than virtually any other school in the SEC yeah. because of what he did there uh, before leaving to take the VCU job. I could see, I don't know, I could see Anthony Grant as a, as a candidate for, uh, for, for Florida, depending on what they're looking for. Now, Scott Woodyard, he's the AD at LSU, right? Yes, Woodward, yes. Now, my brother graduated from LSU, and he hears the buzz. I'd be interesting to see what, uh, what's his name down there? It was one of your friends that calls him all the time. Tex. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wonder what he would think about Tony Bennett. I hear there's, there's some rumors around pulling him from Virginia. Uh, that's, that, that one, that one wouldn't be that a shock. That's the kind, sure. that's the kind of our, I could see and Scott Woodward wanting to make. There's a, there are the rumors. Appreciate the phone call, Matt. There's also the rumors about uh, Scott Drew, possibly, right? Maybe yep. looking for an exit from Baylor and, uh, and looking mm-hmm. to, uh, to to join the wave of yeah, coaches. As, that have, as we said, Woodward already hired Kim Mulkey from right. Baylor. And made a pretty big splash with their football coach, too. Went and got yep. Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. I don't know if they're looking to settle for uh, for anybody. You want to take a break and go call Joe Champion? Yeah, let, let's do that. Uh, I was going to say, before we do that, let's let Brian let everybody know what all's going on there at AuburnSports.com because, I mean, what a huge week this is. We've got spring football going. We've got the NCAA tournament. You've got SEC baseball. Auburn, oh, by the way, is only hosting the number one team in the nation this yeah. weekend in SEC baseball. And there's a junior day. Yeah. There's that, and then uh, gymnastics is, yeah. is, I mean, man, it, it is a huge time it in is. sports. It is, and, and we've got it all covered. Uh, me and JG will be heading to uh, Greenville for the um, first round and second round of the NCAA tournament, hopefully the second round for Auburn. Sure. Right? Don't want to come home early. And, uh, you know, we'll have full coverage of baseball, football practice, meeting with the coordinators tomorrow, uh, players on Thursday, I think, baseball, softball. Oh, yeah. I, for, I, yeah, I didn't even mention softball, which just swept a yes, last week. Yes, a great start. Yep. So, so many things going on. Check them out there at auburnsports.com. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. When we come back, Joe Champy joins us here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Tuesday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com here in the WOW Business Studio. And uh, let, let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline and uh, welcome in a very special guest joining us. Uh, a guy who is uh, um, very familiar with, with the craziness of this time of year because, you know, he was just uh, 
uh, expected every year that he was going to be involved in it when he was the uh, head coach of the Auburn women's basketball program. Um, and, and one of our favorites, just great guy, Hall of Famer, Joe Champy joining us here on The Drive. Joe, how you doing today? Just great. March Madness, here we go. Yep, and, and this one, um, and I, I love your thoughts uh, on, on the women's side as well, but when I look at the men's tournament, I see mm-hmm. one that appears to be as wide open as I can ever recall. We usually have that one or two teams that you feel like is just head and shoulders above everybody else, but this year there are a lot of teams I think that can win this thing. There are, Bill, and whether you're in the women's tournament or the men's tournament, you know, there's certain characteristics that uh, you have to be consistent with. And right now, when you look at the men, you think of, and the women, consistent effort in rebounding and defensive stops. That's something, you know, you can control, and it's a pack mentality. When, when I give help on a ball, I have to rotate. Everybody rotates over. But it, it, the key is what defense is now can create extra possessions because it's going to be a possession game. And then second chance points. How many can you produce or how many do you give up is going to be a key. It's back to fundamentals of the game, the, the consistent effort, the mentality that uh, you, you don't take off any any possessions. And then how do you find extra possessions? Uh, you're going to have to find patience in your guard play. Uh, you're going to have to be in a position where how do you control the tempo? Some teams, like a Virginia or even a Miami, not a Miami, but a USC, they'll play defense with their offensive possessions because USC is a inside-out team. They have size. They want to slow you down. Miami wants to press you on the outside and pick the tempo up. Uh, Auburn looks at those two. Right now they got to worry about Jack State, but uh, – it's got to come down to uh, you know to consistency and guard play is important. Uh, you look at the guards on every team. It's it's not about a hero ball approach now. It's about being composed, being patient, and, and running an offense, a five pass offense to wear down the defense. Or, and then the big thing is who is your glue guy? Who is the pure shooter on your team? And who is that game changer? He or she has to get all those touches uh, if you want to be successful on a consistent basis. Coach, looking at this year's tournament, the uh, the, the men's field, you know, I know one, mm-hmm. one of the things when people fill out their brackets, they're looking for a team that might overachieve, right? The team that, uh, you know, the, the Cinderella, the team that might spring an upset or two and get to the Sweet 16 when not very many people thought they would make it. What characteristics do you look for in, you know, a team that, that could maybe take some folks by surprise? And is there a team or two in this year's draw? That you think, uh, you know, could could be uniquely scary uh, for, uh, for for their for their opponents. Yeah, there, there, there's one team that comes to my mind right now. But uh, just let me tell you about the characteristics. You have to have at least three scores on that team that, that you're looking at, and, and and they have to get shots with great board coverage. A team that has shots for their shooters with board coverage has a great opportunity to to have those second chance points. And anytime you have, Dan, if you have a five-pass offense or more, you put the defense in the decision-making factor. They don't like to play defense for, for five passes in this day and age. It's a three-pass game, and then you go and pound the boards. Well, if you only take three-pass offense, 
the defense has the advantage of rebounding the ball. But shots for your shooters with board coverage is important. Three scores in a game at all times. And a team that, that defensively, uh, you know, uh, creates extra possessions. And there's one team out of the Big East that's my Cinderella team. If you can call it a Cinderella team, it's Villanova. Yeah, it's hard to imagine Villanova as a Cinderella. Jay, Jay's won a game or two. But, they, but if they if they were to make it beyond the Sweet 16, they may have to spring an upset or two. They're going right. to face Tennessee in the Sweet 16 oh, yeah. if, if seeding holds. I think a lot of people are high on Tennessee. And then uh, that, that's the uh, that's the region with Arizona in it, I, I believe, as well. So, I mean, they're, they're, Villanova would face some stiff competition to get there. I'm, I'm with you. I love the backcourt. That, uh, that that Jay Wright has going, and that's a uh, uh, that, that's a team that absolutely could make some new some noise, Coach. You, you, Dan, you tell me a better point guard in the country right now than Gillespie. Nope, you know, for, no, ab- absolutely. I mean, there are there are point guards that I think have maybe better situations around them than Gillespie. Right. But if you're starting, if you're starting, a, I mean, I love Pippen Junior. But like, if you're starting a team from scratch right now, like I, I think uh, it would be hard to pick. Uh, there are short list of point guards that you'd be better off taking than, than, right, than Connor Gillespie. Right. Yeah, he knows how to win. He's not afraid to lose a game. Uh, so he, 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 you want that type of player, but he shares the ball and he sets you up. He sets you up where you can score from your strength. So many point guards just get rid of the ball. For example, on a high post, uh, high post screen, they're going to get doubled but they don't understand the angles they need to pass that ball to the kid on the inside where Gillespie, if you're going to double him, he's going to split you, and he's going to get the ball to the open person 90% of the time. And, and that's what you, you, that's why he has an advantage. That's why you don't see with so many teams. They get the double team, and they, they keep the ball until the defense can recover. So uh, they're at a disadvantage. That's, Villanova is one of my favorites. And, and yeah, you talk about Arizona. Uh, but the, they they like to run. They like to get after it up and down the floor. You talk Tennessee to me is another Villanova team, and and they have that young freshman guard that that mm-hmm. showed us in the SEC tournament. He can be consistent. Yeah, guard. I mean, that's it. That's one thing that that always comes back to, and it's guard play in the postseason. But uh, it's it, it's big, and it's your post feeds too. About you know, all about passing angles. It's time and score situations. Now you have to be ready because the games are going to be close. Uh, do you have that uh, ability to have the patience, the adaptability to get the ball to your teammates? And it, by human behavior, when it's a tight game, a tight basket, you attack the basket because they're afraid to foul you. And in the NCAA term, we all know that uh, you have to be able to uh, get to the basket and complete shots through contact because the officials are being graded also. Who's going to make it to the fi- to the finals? And uh, uh, they will be in a situation. They're going to let you play. Talking with the one and only Joe Champy here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Coach, I- I'd like to know if there's a-, a high seed that you have some skepticism about. I know a lot of people are are, are picking uh, South Dakota State over Providence as an upset. They're, you know, Arkansas has to go to Buffalo and play Vermont. There are some folks that are a little bit wary of, uh, of what of what Arkansas may have to go through in order to get all the way to the uh, to the Sweet 16. Uh, Chattanooga's uh, gonna gonna give uh, you know Chattanooga Illinois looks like it could be an interesting game. Is mm-hmm. is there a team uh, that that you think has a has a uniquely difficult road despite being uh, you know a one seed or a two seed or a three seed or a four seed? Well, 
Well, you, you, now, Dan, I'm not going to help you fill out your bracket because I know you're real good at it. I know you're very good at that. But you, you look at Baylor. I look at Baylor in there, and, uh, you know, the first round, they may face North Carolina. And now if North Carolina shows up, uh, look what they did to Duke uh, in Cameron two mm-hmm. weeks ago. If, if they're, you know, offensively, they've got some great guards. they got their inside game. But to, as you go down... I still like UCLA in that bracket, and they'll face them. You know, Baylor faced them, I think, in the Sweet 16. So uh, I, I, I'm looking at Baylor's going to have a tough time getting there. Uh, let's switch over to the uh, to the women's uh, to the women's bracket. It's not the same. You know, I was talking about how how open it is on the men's side. You don't have that team or teams just one where you, you know they're there. They're playing for the title. Right, right. Well, it, but here's the different dynamic, Bill and Dan. In the uh, women's side, first rounds are played on, on campus. Right. So, so you have an advantage right there. And then, and like South Carolina, there's, the regional is at Greensboro, so they just go up the road. And so you, you look at, you know, you look at South Carolina, you look at Stanford. Uh, North Carolina State, to me, uh, was, you know, is a very good team, but they're at a disadvantage now because UConn is going to play at home, then they're going to go right down the road to Bridgeport. UConn is going to play four games basically on their home court mm-hmm. to get to the Final Four, and I, that's, I've always complained about advantage, disadvantage, and yeah. uh, it, it's too much of an advantage for Connecticut and a big disadvantage for, uh, for North Carolina State. Coach, looking at the women's draw, there are a couple of SEC teams that I think drew some really interesting opponents in the first round. Ole Miss is going to have to play a South Dakota team that's very, very good in tournament experience. And the one that stood out to me, I saw Jackson State play earlier this year against uh, against Troy in a in a tournament in Starkville. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Jackson State had a 24-point lead on a Troy team before Troy came back and won that game. They have a bunch of Division wow. One transfers that left and settled at Jackson State, uh, and they're, they've gotten better throughout the year. They are good enough to go to Baton Rouge and give LSU a really good yeah. game. I know they're a 14 seed. 14 seeds usually don't challenge. I think Jackson right. State's going to give LSU right. a basketball game on Saturday. Well, I, I agree with that, but, you know, I, I like LSU to come out of that, But and I even like LSU beating Texas because Mulkey all have those kids prepared, and, and they'll understand the schemes that they have to defeat Texas with. Texas is a little bit slow on the inside, so they can take advantage because they have so many good perimeter ball players, and their perimeter defense will smother you, and they'll have a lot of easy baskets. But, you know, you mentioned Ole Miss. I really like Ole Miss. I saw them play Auburn here, and they've got an inside game, and they have a nine-player rotation. They just they played IQ basketball here here at Auburn, and the I think it's the Austin young lady on the inside, the transfer from Maryland, at six five, a great athlete. And if she stays out of foul trouble, uh, they they have a one-two punch right there. But uh, I like uh, I like Ole Miss sneaking around a little bit. And maybe even giving Baylor a tough, tough time there. But, you know, the team I like in that bracket is that team from over in Kentucky there, Louisville. But uh, I think they'll, they'll make it a ways in there. But they don't have that glue person that I mentioned before. They don't have that go-to player. So that's going to be the Achilles heel 
you know, for, for Louisville. What a great setup for a, for a nice segue into, yeah, yeah, that, that Louisville team. I can't help you, Yeah, Bill. no kidding. I'm I'm, I need you. all the help I can get, Joe. You know that. But, I mean, that, that Louisville program isn't going to have uh, the, their top assistant, uh, as you are the proud father-in-law of Mississippi State's new head coach, Sam Purcell. The, this is part of the madness of this, this time of year is the coaching moves. And, and uh, that's, that's a, a huge one there. Uh, in the SEC, with uh, Sam getting that opportunity. Yeah, we're we're so proud for Sam. You know, Sam and Megan. He's been in the business 19 years, and for the last three, four years, he's been one of the top three uh, assistants. All the search committees have come after, and we're very, very happy that uh, he's you know been selected for that. We would have loved to have him a little bit closer to home, but uh, <laughs> Mississippi State really. Uh, really likes him and, and he's thrilled and and we're all thrilled he's putting about uh, 18 hour days in now because yeah. he's helping his louisville team get ready for uh, competing for a national championship and and he's talking to players and parents and everybody at uh, at mississippi state and trying to put a coaching staff together also Coach, I am, I'm pretty good friends with the uh, Women's Basketball Sports Information Director at Mississippi State, Kelly Ship. He, he used to be at Troy, and he's, he's a great guy. And I was telling him, you know, we, we were just sort of chatting about different candidates. And uh, when Sam Purcell's name came up, all, you know, I, I had nothing but, but positive things to say. I think it's an awesome, uh, you know, it's an awesome decision by Mississippi State to, to, give, uh, to give Sam the job. And I think he's going to do great. And one thing that stood out to me when I went to Starkville earlier this season is the way, even when the students were out of town, the way the community came out to support that basketball team in the middle of December when, when they were playing out of conference basketball and you, you know, that thing was more than half full. And, and I mean, when, when Mississippi State's rolling, they, you know, that community will come out and, and support that team. And, and I think, uh, I think he could be blown away by, by how much, uh, you know, how, how much that community really likes women's basketball. You're right, Dan. I mean, he saw that on Saturday. They they flew him down Saturday for a photo shoot, and I was surprised by the pictures I saw with all the interest. and And you got to go back to Vic Schaefer, what mm-hmm. Vic Schaefer did there for ten years, and it took him three years to grow it. But he he developed a culture down there that they enjoyed winning games, and and that the community just embraced them. And I saw that Saturday how they embraced uh, Sam and Megan and their three daughters, and uh, Sam threw out the first pitch. Uh, on Sunday for for the baseball game, and they enjoyed that. But so many boosters came out to say hello and say how excited they were that uh, he'll be leading the team, uh, you know, come next year. Well, that, that that's great, and uh, again, yeah, and, and congratulations to uh, to the family on that, Joe. This uh, on the men's side, multiple SEC mm-hmm. openings. Uh, I think uh, maybe a bit of surprise back in the preseason to have, to have thought there'd be this many openings. Uh, in, in in the SEC, that that's for sure. I mean, it's uh, well. It, let's get real. It's a big time. It's a big time business. Mm-hmm. And the NIL and the uh, transfer portal now makes it a real difficult business. And uh, you have to be in a position where uh, uh, you have to be educated on how to deal with the transfer portal. For example, Sam called me this morning and told me. There's 300 players on the women's side in there right now. And how do you decide where you're going and what you're doing? But uh, getting back to the men's side, I, South Carolina is open right now. Florida is open. 
What do you think of Mike White going over to George? What's your thoughts on that? I think that uh, he wasn't going to be at Florida much longer, so he he went ahead and uh, uh, beat beat them to the punch. Okay, he he, he got ahead of the posse, huh? Yep. Yeah. But, but yeah, Scott down there. But uh, you know the game uh, the game has changed so much. It's such an up tempo game. It's a game that with the transfer portal, you're recruiting your own players uh, every every season, uh, every week, and. The concern you have going into March is there's many voices that these players are hearing. As a coach, I, you know, you only hope that they're hearing your voice more. And, and when we got into February with my teams, I assigned my assistant coaches with three or four players to meet and talk with them every day about anything but basketball. Go to breakfast with them, have lunch. But the voice they need to hear is our philosophy, our idea on how to play the game, and how we're going to be successful as a team. There's no room for hero basketball at this time of the year. It is great to be able to spend some time with a Hall of Famer, the Joe God champion, the Godfather. Yeah, that, that, that absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, Joe, gotta gotta ask you before we before we run out of time. Uh, any itch to get back on the sideline? Somebody asked us yesterday. You know, family's important, and a family needs you. you. you know, like Dan said, the Godfather might have to show up. Hey, oh man, <laughs> Coach! If, if Sam needs anyone who saw a lot of Sunbelt basketball this year, you know, my I, my phone's always uh, Bill can pass on my info. Yeah. Hey, Dan, send me your resume, please. I'll get it to him. <laughs> we will do that, Joe. Thanks a lot, Ben. It's great talking to you. Okay, War Eagle. Right back with the final half hour here on the Tuesday Drive. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 27 minutes away from 6 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, it's great getting getting done at 6 o'clock, and it's not dark. It's not not going to be dark for more than a half an hour. So, uh, so yeah, getting used to this uh, daylight saving stuff. It takes a few days. I know, I know Brian's a big fan. Brian's a big fan of daylight savings. Please, stuff. please make it permanent, yes. I mean, once it's here and I get used to it, that's fine. Yes. I mean, you know, I just hate in the winter when it's dark at four thirty. That just drives me crazy. When we do the whole show, and yeah. I don't like waking up and it being dark. See, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, because you're, you're still still you're still asleep. I'm still asleep. <laughs> yeah, I woke up when it was dark this morning. Uh, I had to get up early this morning. Why? I had a seven twenty radio interview, a seven forty radio interview, and I had to be up at the you complex mean, you, by eight fifteen. You mean you really you get out of bed to do those? <laughs> well, I, I had to get up and get my shower first and take the dog for the walk, so yes. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you know, it is radio. You don't have to take a shower before you do That's that. That's true. Uh, if, if you missed our previous segment where we talked with Joe Champy about the NCAA tournament and everything going on in the world of basketball, go check that out on the podcast, ESPNAU.com. Anywhere you find podcasts of The Drive, uh, with the, anywhere you get your podcast, look for The Drive with Bill Cameron, and you will find it all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Great stuff 
from Joe Champy about some teams he feels good about, some teams he has some reservations about, and yeah, just uh, you know the, the happenings in recent days in in SEC uh, college basketball. Yeah, I actually wish the you know we could have put, postponed the bottom of the hour break and gone a little more detail about the uh, some of the coaching positions uh, on the SEC men's side. But that's a break we have to take right then. But, yeah, it'll be really interesting, really interesting to see. And, and I saw, um, uh, saw some comments today about how much has Bruce Pearl affected the SEC coaching situations because there are schools that look and go, look at what Auburn's done. Why aren't we doing that? Right. And I, I think there's something to that. Absolutely. I, I think there's the belief. And, and Bruce Pearl is, I think, one of several examples of a coach that has, I mean, he's achieving things that have never been done at that program right. or, or haven't been done. And it, and it tells athletic departments, you know, if we, if we hire, possible. The, if we hire the right coach, we can win more than we've won in the past. And, uh, that's, I mean, it shouldn't stand, it shouldn't stand, you know, that the history of a place, the recent history of a place like Georgia, right, shouldn't right. prevent them from winning if they, if they have the right pieces, if they get the right coach, if they get the right players. If South Carolina gets somebody who, you know, it is a better fit than Frank Martin was. Frank Martin went to a Final Four, but it's tough to paint the ten-year tenure there as as just a right. as, as nothing but a success. I but like Frank Martin. I, I, I do too. I do too. I, that that really surprised me. Uh, I mean, uh, and I would expect I haven't haven't read all the reaction from SEC coaches, but there was there was a, an immediate reaction when Conzo Martin was let yeah. go at Missouri, and I would think Frank Martin. Would bring even more consternation. Maybe he's got maybe he's got more enemies than. Uh, I don't than... know. He just looks scary. Right. <laughs> oh well. But no, Frank, Frank Martin is a um, yeah. It was it was a little bit of a surprise. You wonder if South Carolina has something in mind uh, when when they I look at, so. uh, at at the at the possibilities and and um, no, it's just it's a lot of movement. Um, some of it more unexpected, and it's surprising because it feels like almost every almost every SEC school that didn't make the tournament, right, and even some that did. Are are doing uh, are, are having to go with a different coach than the guy who led them uh, most of the way. LSU makes a change before they go into the NCAA tournament. And Mike White is so is he going to coach Florida and then and then go into the? You know, uh, I, I know. saw him arriving at know. Georgia, so I assume that he's gone. But Florida's in the tournament, right? I mean, Florida in the NIT. Oh, that's well. No, I guess Florida's not yet. Yeah, Florida no. didn't. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's right. Florida didn't make the Florida didn't make the NCAA's. No. Yeah, I guess just only six SEC teams. That's right. I, I guess, Alabama and LSU. Were I guess it didn't occur to me. It, it never occurred to me until just now that Florida played their and way out of it. And that's why. And Mike White. That's, 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 that's the real knew, reason he was ready to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he knew it was time So to LSU's, move. LSU's the only one that's not coaching right. the, you know, in the, in the, uh, wow. Yeah, well, so, so Mike White has coached his last game of the year. I was going to say, they, they can't let him coach any more games at Florida knowing he's the upcoming coach of the University of Georgia. Exactly. So is, is the NIT going on tonight? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I knew the I knew the uh, the first four were getting started. The only time I've I ever paid attention to that is, is when, when your team's in it. Yep. That's and you barely pay any attention yep. then. Couldn't tell you who won the NIT for the past. I 10 believe years. NIT action gets started on tomorrow. Then I guess it would be tomorrow. Yeah, the NIT. Yeah. Yeah, usually usually it is, and they'll play. No, you got you got the NIT. Tonight. I thought yeah. so. I thought they usually played Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. and then the NCAA tournament really kicks in on Thursday. Yeah, A&M plays tonight on ESPN two. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Missouri State is the ESPN game. Belmont and Vandy 
uh, will play. Oh, that's a great matchup. That's right. A little Nashville uh, battle yeah. of, uh, you know, Bel- Belmont and Vanderbilt going to play at ESPN2. So, yeah, there is some college basketball tonight other than the two games in the first four being played in the NCAA tournament. And, yeah, some NIT action uh, getting started with uh, a few of the teams that came really close to making the NCAA tournament uh, but were uh, among the uh, first teams out of the draw. Yeah, and Dan's got a game Thursday night. Uh, Troy hosting Alabama. That's right. Alabama making the trip to Trojan Arena on Thursday night in the WNIT. Uh, second time uh, Troy's been in the WNIT in the last couple of years, and hopefully uh, they can uh, they can make a run. Something of a surprise that Alabama uh, is going on the road uh, in the uh, in the NIT. I mean, just that, I mean, if maybe they didn't want to host a game, maybe they didn't put in a, a bid. Maybe they because uh, the net odd, ranking because usually yeah that yeah the net ranking would indicate they, they'd be one of the teams hosting right but, if but, they wanted to, but instead. Dead, Alabama making the trip from Tuscaloosa to Troy should be an exciting atmosphere Thursday what, night. What kind of, I mean, what what kind of crowds do you get? I mean, if you get if you get much at all, you probably that's probably why it's going to be at Troy uh, as opposed to being in Tuscaloosa. Right. I mean, there was a pretty big crowd for the WNIT a couple of years ago. Uh, I would when, think when there'd UAB, be a good crowd for Alabama when UAB out. came to town, and I, I think that this with Alabama, you know, making their first visit to Trojan Arena. Uh, in in women's basketball, I mean, yeah, I think it could be a pretty uh, pretty exciting atmosphere, and and hopefully the Trojans, uh, uh, you know, that I think this is a team that I mean they beat Mississippi State earlier in the season, so they're good enough to compete. Alabama was a tournament team for much of the year, so it's a little bit of a surprise uh, that they're uh, that they that they eventually found their way out. But no, it could be could be really exciting. Alabama and Troy Thursday night at Trojan Arena. I mean, on top of the basketball itself, right? It's it's the atmosphere of. David and Goliath, right, or or uh, you know Rocky and Apollo, or something like that. I mean, this is a you know an, an underdog facing off against you know the name brand in the area, and uh, and yeah, that that could be uh, could be an unforgettable night if uh, if Troy can spring the upset. Should be unforgettable anyway, but oh, could yeah. be could be really special if Troy springs the upset. All right, so Brian, you're heading up to uh, to Greenville tomorrow. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the the opening match against Jacksonville State. Um, Ray, Ray Harper and Bruce Pearl. Know each not, other. Not the uh, not not the best not the best of buddies. Doesn't sound like. Yeah, I guess it was Bruce that was. It's, was it? it's Southern. Yeah, it's Southern Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I, that's I right. Okay. Yeah, but yes, they were big rivals back then. And and Harper was at Kentucky Wesley. Yes. I believe. Yes, and he, uh, Bruce compared it to the Iron Bowl. Well, did you see? Have you seen Harper's record against Bruce? No. Uh-uh. It's thirteen and three. Ooh! Wow. Okay. That's why he said. Auburn's probably who they wanted to play more than anybody because Ray Harper has had such success against Bruce Pearl. Apparently knocked him out of the championship quite a few times hmm. while they were coaching against each other. And, um, you know, Jacksonville State does have some pretty good three-point shooters on their team. Yep. Which could always cause any got, team a problem. They've got three guards who shoot right at 40%. From three point one of them shoots forty six percent threes. Auburn should have an advantage inside and on the boards, but Auburn is not really a, you know, throw the ball into the post and overpower people type team. They, no, they that's use right. the pick and roll to um, Walker really well, but you know teams have worked hard to you know take that away from them. But it, it could be an interesting matchup. You would think that Auburn is going to overwhelm them with their athleticism and Auburn's defense uh, perimeter defense is going to match mm-hmm. up uh, okay with what they do, but you never know. Yeah, um, I mean this. Uh, hopefully, it's yeah. Hopefully, it's not terribly interesting. Uh, yeah. Are you 
are you concerned about what you've seen out of Walker Kessler uh, since the Tennessee game? That was one of the questions Max Roundtable wanted to ask me yesterday. You know, the the shoulder injury uh, that that Walker suffered in Knoxville uh, that that he's sort of been favoring since. I mean, uh, how how limited has he seemed in recent games, and and is that something uh, that could be a major area of concern? I'm not overly concerned. I think a lot of uh, Walker's. Um lack of production compared to what he was doing, you know, maybe a few weeks ago was just because teams are working so hard to take mm-hmm. away, take it away from Auburn. Um, but I haven't really noticed a whole lot. Um, you know, uh, watching him on the court play, I haven't seen him struggling with the injury very he's much. He's looked better each game. Yeah. And now he's, had, now he's had another nearly a full week. One thing I am concerned about is if you go back and watch the play where Walker was hurt, you can see at one end of the floor, he blocks, and I can't remember the Tennessee player's name, he blocks that player's shot. That player is, is angry and turns to the ref and says something to him and then runs down the court and sort of bulls into Walker and knocks him sideways, and I think that's when um, his shoulder was injured right there. You didn't, think, you didn't think it was a basketball play? No, I, not at all, and, and no foul was called that I know of. Well, Walker, uh, Walker a third-team All-American today yep. by AP and Jabari, second team. So uh, the honors the, continue for those two, and Walker, one of the yeah, go yeah, ahead. Well, he's what's still in the mix for the defensive player of the year. He's one of the four finalists. One of the finalists. So yeah, Walker's incredible. Uh, Some you know, familiar name, Shibway is, is in there. The uh, accolades Chet continue Holmgren. for uh, for for these uh, uh, for for a couple of Auburn's uh, impact players. But yeah, the thing the thing that we've and the front court hasn't been perfect of late. We were talking about the number of points surrendered in the paint in the A&M game as as an area of concern too. But it does seem like, you know, this team goes I mean it's it's going to be tough especially as the competition gets tougher. It's going to be tough to overcome bad nights from the guards. Right? Like this right. team goes as the guards go and when the guards play well, you know, barring catastrophe from the front court, you would expect Auburn to have enough to win, but on nights where the guards struggle, I mean, you're asking you're asking everyone else to do a ton. You know, even if it's just one or two guards really struggling, you're yeah. asking everyone else to pick up a lot of slack. And, and the biggest thing that Auburn's guards can do besides, you know, making a, a reasonable amount of threes is A, play really good defense, and B, rebound. Because Jabari Smith is playing on the perimeter. They're switching a lot of the time. And a lot of those offensive rebounds Auburn has given up, uh, you know, down the stretch unless – six, seven, eight games have been because the guards aren't blocking out or aren't, um, you know, getting after the ball on the backside. So uh, that's an area I think they could really work on uh, during this seven-day uh, time off they've had between the SEC tournament and the start of the NCAA tournament on Friday. You know, Brian, one thing, Jabari has really um, picked it up, though, he rebounding has. down the stretch as well as everything else. He's picked up it, yeah. He is a great player getting better. You know, you can just see it in front of your eyes. It's amazing well, what yeah. he's done. And um, uh, Joe Champy talked about, you know, having having your guy, you know, get yeah, it to He's him. the guy. Yes, there's no question <laughs> no when you talk about Auburn. He's the one you want in the ball in his hands in, in a position to make plays. And, um, you know, I'm sure they're working on that. But you also know that but Bruce, Bruce doesn't to, want him. Bruce right. doesn't want him taking thirty shots. And, and teams are trying to eliminate him mm-hmm. from Auburn's offense and let the other guys beat them. And, and those guys need to take advantage of that. Well, apparently, I mean, uh, just just a couple of scouting reports on Jacksonville State. They love to do what gave Auburn trouble. Uh, what's give Auburn given Auburn trouble recently? And that's pack it in mm-hmm. and, and 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 
and and really just dare teams to beat them with three point shooting. And if you look at it, if it comes down to a three point shooting contest, uh, the better numbers certainly lie with Jacksonville State. Absolutely. I'm not saying there's you see, other I mean, factors. Their team, their team is shooting right at 39 percent for the season. Yeah, that's good. Auburn has one player, Jabari, yeah. the only player that does yeah, that shoots right. better than that. That's right. So. Auburn's going to need to take advantage of their of of the you know the, the, the athleticism. Size, well, the size discrepancy and the athleticism, yeah. and they're going to need their guards to play well because even even though it's a 15 seed versus a two seed. Uh, if if Auburn is cold and and Jackson Jacksonville State can hit from three as they have all season long, you know this game could stay competitive. If you remember last year, uh, Colgate came into the tournament as the nation's top three point shooting team and gave Arkansas a real run for their money for the first twenty five thirty minutes of that game. I think Arkansas that was a three fourteen. I think that was a three against a fourteen, and 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 that was that was close longer than it should have been on paper because. One team took a little while to figure out the range and how to attack, and the other team came out of the gate shooting threes. You know, Auburn wants to. Auburn would love to put this one away earlier. They don't want to be in a dogfight. You remember well, the twenty nineteen opening round, oh, yes. New Mexico State. Yeah. Well, I'll, no. I'll take that. I'll take a, a repeat of that all the way up to the. Uh, hmm. uh, not non call. You'll you'll take what you're saying is if the closest I'll take, game. I'll take a you know a heart stopping win. Uh, and get me to get me to the final four. If it's the first of four, yeah, uh, in in th- through the region, now I understand. But it, that was a uh, that was a game where Auburn. Um, I mean that that was that was a closer game than I think a lot of people were expecting in that round. And you know, I I don't know enough about Jacksonville State to to predict a closer game than people are expecting on Friday. But if Auburn is cold. I think it does open up the number of teams that can give Auburn a real challenge or or uh, or make sure. things difficult for Auburn early on. If Auburn's hot, maybe this game, you know, maybe Auburn can build a comfortable lead and maintain it throughout and and worry about uh you know just just being one win away from the Sweet 16, but um you know, it remains to be seen what Auburn team shows up. I wouldn't be shocked if Jacksonville State makes a game of it in the first, you know, first 25 half, to 30 sure. minutes, yeah. yeah. Uh Brian is is there uh did uh Either opponent, possible opponent for uh, the second round, uh, Miami um, or USC. USC. Uh, you know, I prefer? think USC's got the the big guards. You know, that could be trouble. Um, bigger, athletic team. So yeah, I, I think Auburn uh, would probably choose Miami over USC. Just just my opinion. I don't know. I haven't asked that question, but um, to me, um, neither team is particularly great. But you know Texas A and M wasn't a great team, so you just never know. Right. I think I think Miami is a better matchup for Auburn than USC so is. Too. Like I think if you, if you could give me as someone who wants to see Auburn do well in this tournament, I would rather see Auburn play Miami than USC because USC just I mean even before the draw they came to mind as a team that had whether it was talented forwards or I think especially big guards like that's that's a and and a team that's somewhat battle tested and comes in with an impressive record. I mean if USC is a seven seed. As a twenty-six and seven team out of the Pac-12, yeah, that's pretty good. What, what are they at twenty-eight and five? Right, like if two games go differently for USC, I mean, I can't imagine they're still on the seven line, right? No. Like, I mean, that they're they're really they might have been a five. Exactly. I mean, that's I mean at, at that record to be right. a seven seed. So I think it's a pretty good team Auburn could face, depending on what happens. Auburn's good enough to beat them, uh, but but that's a yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous team Auburn's got mm. in the uh, in the in the round of now when Auburn went to the Sweet Sixteen. With Marquise Daniels, they were a ten seed that beat a two seed in the second round, right? They they beat was it Wake Forest? 
I want to yeah. say it was it yeah, was it Chris was. Paul and the uh, and, and and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons to do it then. So I mean, two seeds can get bounced. Auburn has demonstrated that in their history. Well, I mean, generally, uh, generally, there's going to be a two seed that doesn't make it to the uh, to the Sweet Sixteen. That's I mean, you can you have a. I would be interested to know how many times in the last couple of years there have been like Sweet Sixteens with all four one seeds and all four two seeds. Because you're right, it seems like very you, rare. Usually someone usually someone is out. You know, I I've seen I've seen Villanova picked as the team. Not mm-hmm. I hope Coach Champy isn't listening anymore. I've I've heard Villanova picked by some as the team that may stumble. Duke has a really tough opponent in Michigan State Davidson. They're like my the, pick to stumble. The winner the winner of that Michigan State Davidson game, you know, could give Duke a real run in the uh, in the round of thirty two. But absolutely, I think there are people that are going to say Auburn is that team and USC is the team that could potentially uh, spring the upset. I, I can't wait to see if those two teams get together. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. We'll and update it's you officially on started. Yeah, I was going to say we will update you. Texas A&M, oh, it's not that Texas A&M, <laughs> leading early. It's Corpus Christi, right? Yes, it is, against Texas Southern. We'll update that and more when we come back to wind things up here on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final uh, final minute or two here on the Tuesday Drive. Our thanks to Brian Matthews, MarvinSports.com, for stopping in. Brian, uh, again, you guys had a, a rundown today? We did. Well, after Pro Day, we got together at Voodoo and did a rundown. Oh, um, we didn't even mention Pro Day. Yeah, oh, yeah. We totally forgot about wow, that. Wow, there's so much that's going Man. on. But, yeah, we, I was at Pro Day. Um, some standouts real quick. Um, Roger McCreary ran a 4-4-6, four, four, I think it was, mm-hmm. on his first attempt. Uh, which is be- you know better than he had done at the uh, right. combine, so that was good. And um, Smoke Monday stood on his four five two at the combine, which was excellent, I thought, for him. And then uh, Berdarius Ham a five two eight, and Tony Fair a five two five. Yeah, how about that for, for big Tony old Fair. boys? Yeah. yeah, So I mean, there's so much there. I mean, you can get info on pro day, and obviously spring football, and getting ready for basketball and baseball and softball. Yes, there at Auburn Sports. That's a lot. Have a good trip, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, see you uh, next week. Yeah, we should see you next Monday at Franklin Tire. Have a lot to talk about. Have oh, fun. Yes. Have fun, buddy. That's going to do it for the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Our thanks to Brian Matthews for stopping in. To uh, Barrett Salee for joining us in hour number one. Joe Champy in hour number two. Fun show, man. It flew by. Back with you tomorrow. No telling who all we'll have on tomorrow. Uh, we, we've, got, we've got special guests. Find out.